Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Thanks for listening. As always, or if this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm joining you from sunny San Francisco this week and next. Actually, it's not really sunny yet. It's more cloudy here, but I guarantee you it will be sunny later this week, at least according to my iPhone weather app. Uh, But if my audio sounds a little different, that's why. Uh, But in studio back in New York is this week's guest here to talk about this week's What's the Big Deal? His name is Jerry Smith, Bloomberg Media Reporter, and the deal is Gannett's hostile takeover effort to acquire Tribune Publishing, an old-fashioned newspaper deal. So why would anyone want to spend nearly a billion dollars on a newspaper company? That's why Jerry's here. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Alex. Uh, so why does Gannett want to buy Tribune? Well, Gannett is um, a huge newspaper company. They own more than 100, the biggest being USA Today. And a big part of their strategy right now is essentially buying up newspapers in regions. Like, if you can own a cluster of newspapers in a certain part of the country, um, you know, not only you can save a lot of costs with printing and things like that, but it's also uh, very advantageous from an advertising perspective because you can sell advertisers both you know, on a national ad buy and also on local and regional ad buy. So, Gannett has been buying up um, small newspapers or chains of newspapers for a few years now. We saw them buy up, um, you know, they acquired Journal Media Group last year, which owns the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and several other papers. So, a big part of their strategy is buying newspapers in certain parts of the country. And Tribune Publishing, they own uh, several big metro newspapers, the LA Times and the Chicago Tribune um, are two of them. They also own a couple papers in Florida, where Gannett already owns a lot of newspapers already, in everywhere from Tallahassee to Naples. And then, if they were able to acquire Tribune, they would essentially have um, a huge footprint in Florida because Tribune owns the Orlando Sentinel and the South Florida Sun Sentinel. So that's really the big reason why um, Gannett saw Tribune as being um, a takeover target. And does this does this say anything about the state of the newspaper business? And in, in other words, I guess I could see this going one of two ways. Uh, one, uh, you know, Gannett wants to double down in newspapers because they feel like at this stage these assets are so undervalued that they could actually get a pretty good deal, uh, and maybe newspapers have bottomed out. Uh, or on the other hand, the business is going south so quickly that they need to buy something. Uh, in order to keep staying afloat. Which of the two is it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little of both. I think, you know, you can look at the newspaper industry as a dying industry, and a lot of newspapers are consolidating just for sheer survival. Um, You know, buying up newspapers in certain parts of the country and cutting costs, essentially. And sadly, a lot of journalists, really talented journalists, have been laid off at a lot of newspapers around the country as these big newspaper chains 
employ this strategy. Um, you know, but there's also an argument to be made that newspapers are still valuable. I mean, there's still in a local market, um, you know, if you're trying to to reach a local audience, I mean, there is a lot of value still, uh, at least from Gannett's perspective, of um, being able to sell print advertising. That's somewhat amazing to me that, uh, I mean, I guess, uh, w- w- is it just because it's an older crowd or is it because, uh, you know, Gannett uh, feels like, and maybe all these newspapers feel like there's still some value in an eventual transition over to digital? Or is it sort of a third category where they feel like even younger people are going to read a print product as they get older? You know, I I don't think there's that many newspaper executives that really believe, you know, the millennial audience is going to start subscribing to newspapers. I would hope not. I I would hope not. There there are a few that do, but, um, you know, I I know some people in their 20s that uh, read newspapers, but for the most part, they're getting it online. Freaks, Jerry. Freaks. (laughs) There's still, you know, there's still a lot of people who read, get print newspapers. I mean, generally, they tend to be a little bit older, Um, but there's still a lot of people who have that newspaper delivered to their doorstep every day. It's certainly a, a, a shrinking audience, but um, you know, I think the strategy in most newspaper companies is let's try to milk as much profit as we can from that audience while they're still around and use that money to sort of figure out some digital transition to a digital future. All right, so let's talk about the other side of this, because that's where this deal gets really interesting. Why is Tribune fighting Gannett? So Gannett came out and said, we'll offer $12.25 a share uh, for Tribune. Tribune says, absolutely not. You're undervaluing us. What is their argument? So Tribune says that they are in just in the beginning of this whole new strategic plan, which they actually outlined in their last earnings call last week. Um, Michael Farrow is the uh, is the biggest um, shareholder for, uh, on Tribune. He's on the board, and what he used to run the Chicago Sun Times, right? Correct, correct. Yes. So he's um, you know he's put in a new CEO recently uh, who doesn't have any real journalism background, but um, you know there's a whole new strategic um, you know they're they're employing a whole new strategy. One of which is to make the L.A. Times sort of the crown jewel of Tribune, and they're actually separating the. LA Times as a as sort of a separate financial line item, uh, sort of to emphasize how valuable that paper is. Um, sort of interestingly, they said that they're going to introduce about a half dozen foreign bureaus for the LA Times um, over the next year or so, which is kind of counterintuitive because a lot of newspapers have been cutting back on their foreign coverage and um, focusing more on local markets. Um, but overall, I think what Tribune and, and Michael Farrow are trying to say is that the Gannett offer is really undervaluing the company. Uh, while it's a premium on what they're you know the stock is currently trading at tribune is saying well you know give us some time wait until this strategic plan takes hold and eventually our stock price is going to rise and Gannett's offer is not going to seem as valuable as it is today so i've spoken to people familiar with the matter on both sides of this deal and i've got to say objectively there seems to be something a little fishy from the tribune side on this one and maybe you can help me figure it out jerry and it stems around a stock sale that was made from Tribune to Michael Farrow just a few months ago, where Tribune decided that uh, it was a fair valuation to sell Michael Farrow shares at $8.50. This was just a few months ago. Uh, 
And now Gannett comes over with an offer of $12.25, so much higher than what Tribune just sold shares to, Michael Farrow, a few months ago. And Tribune's argument is that Gannett's offer drastically undervalues the company, even though a few months ago <laughs> Tribune was willing to sell Michael Farrow's shares at $8.50 a share. Can you help me understand that? <laughs> it's a good question. I, I think it does seem like Michael Farrow got a pretty sweet deal um, from Tribune's board. And I think that, you know, Gannett is saying, look, if you think our you know, our bid at twelve dollars and twenty-five cents is undervaluing the company. How come you you bought up all these shares at around eight dollars a share? So, um, yeah, I mean, there is something that uh, certainly, from Gannett's perspective, this doesn't seem to quite um, you know make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tribune, Michael Farrow, he's adamant. He's been saying he's making public appearances in the last week on Bloomberg TV. Um, talking about how you know the Gannett's trying to steal the company and this is opportunistic and that it really you know undervalues this company and um, you know he's certainly he has control of the board so he has um, the ability to um, you know be patient uh, and I guess you know it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out whether um, you know Gannett now is asking Tribune shareholders to sort of boycott boycott voting on new board members at the upcoming shareholder meeting um, you know it, it's and what, almost, do we, what do we know about that Jerry do we know anything yet from what the Tribune shareholders think about this well my understanding is that it's more of a symbolic gesture that it's not like the Tribune shareholders can necessarily prevent some of these board members from being elected. Um, but it, it does seem to be a strategy on Gannett's part to, um, you know, they're trying to get more of these shareholders from Tribune on their side. I mean, I mean one thing that could happen is that, um, you know, the Tribune shareholders sue the board of Tribune for not engaging with, um, you know, with Gannett in this offer, uh, which would be very interesting. Um, you know, and Oak Tree Capital is Tribune's second largest shareholder, and they've stayed quiet for several weeks as this all has been playing out. But then last week, late last week, said that uh, they put out a, a filing, an SEC filing, saying that they encouraged Tribune's board to engage with Gannett. Um, so they are, um, you know, I think Gannett is hoping that more and more of these big Tribune shareholders will start speaking up and, and start, um, you know, asking Tribune's board or demanding that Tribune's board uh, takes this offer seriously. And, and in the meantime, Tribune has put in a poison pill. This is sort of a M&A tactics uh, to defend itself from a Gannett takeover. Can you sort of just explain in general terms what this is? Yeah, I mean, um, a poison pill, I think, in not to oversimplify it, but essentially it's a tactic used um, in when a company tries to do a hostile takeover to sort of defend yourself against that, um, you know, by making it harder, essentially, for someone to buy up a lot of shares of the company and gain control. Um, so that is essentially what um, you know. What Tribune just did uh, earlier this week, um, you know, it's it sort of remains to be seen how this is all going to play out. But um, you know, it, it is very interesting. There's almost a, in the last week, there's been almost a daily <laughs> a daily development in this, um, and 
um, Michael Farrow. I, I don't know how how this is all going to play out or, or really what his end game is, um, but he's certainly got um, you know he's got people's attention. So here's here's my question with the poison pill tactic. So typically you put in a poison pill, a, a, a board will put in a poison pill uh, to defend its shareholders from uh, an, a hostile bidder, in this case Gannett, uh, that could theoretically uh, take away the company. But on the flip side, you've got their second largest shareholder already saying, look, we want you to engage. So it seems to me that this poison pill, which is theoretically put in place to protect shareholders, uh, might just be put in place to protect the board and Michael Farrow here. Uh, again, I'm, 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 I'm sort of willing to be proven wrong, but uh, it, this seems a little bit like Michael Farrow and the board really want to maintain control of this company. Now, maybe their argument is uh, we have plans for Tribune that Gannett doesn't have, and we can do a better job extracting long-term shareholder value than Gannett does, so let us stay in power and we'll do that. I would imagine that's what they're going to argue. But I would say that because Michael Farrow just bought shares at $8.50 and the Tribune board theoretically thought that was a fair value just a few months ago, that they must think he's going to do one heck of a job uh, at Tribune in order for them to be so against a deal at twelve twenty-five dollars uh, to put in a poison pill. So, so to me, it, it's sort of strains credulity a little bit unless this is just gamesmanship and unless these two companies eventually do decide look we'll talk but you need to pay us more than 1225 and then that'll be a slam dunk deal uh and so my guess and this is just a guess at this point is that these two companies probably come back to the boardroom table uh and start engaging in negotiations uh, and, and I would imagine Gannett is probably willing to pay up a little bit more because they have not said that $12.25 per share is a final offer. Uh, so maybe this is simply a tactic to get as much money out of Gannett as possible. Is there another bidder here, Jerry? Is, is, is it theoretical that that Tribune could sell itself to somebody else? Yeah, I mean, one thing that is will be interesting to watch, I mean, if this deal does happen, um, is what happens to the LA Times, because we do know that Eli Broad, who is a uh, very wealthy, um, <laughs> very wealthy man and has had his eyes on the LA Times for a long time, um, he's certainly tried to buy the LA Times in the past and been essentially rebuffed by uh, by Tribune. Uh, you know, if Gannett were to acquire Tribune, um, you know, the question is, what would they be willing to sell off some of the papers, like sell off the LA Times to Eli Broad? Um, so, I mean, that's that's one thing that's interesting. Another thing that I wonder is just, you know, how long will Gannett let this all play out. I mean, you know, who needs, I guess it's a question of who needs this deal more, Gannett uh, or Tribune, and, and how long is Gannett willing to wait uh, for Tribune to, to actually come around and, and take their offer seriously? And, it's a great question, and maybe Gannett's strategy is, if what I laid out to you is is true, and this is sort of a, uh, you know, a, a board tactic, uh, Maybe Gannett's strategy is let's just wait, and if we don't make a move, then potentially the Tribune shareholders <clears throat> will sue the board, and you know will we'll demand that they speak to Tribune because otherwise, if Tribune goes away and there are no other buyers, then the stock sale plummets. But I do know that Tribune separated out 
its financials for the LA Times. And to me, that strikes as a sign that they're going to at least try to see if there's some interest in the LA Times uh, separately from the rest of its newspapers uh, that they could then use maybe as a stocking horse type bid uh, or maybe just a Trojan horse, really, to, to at least threaten that there's another buyer out there. The problem with selling the LA Times is really two problems with selling the LA Times separately. One, you have to pay a big tax bill. Uh, on the sale. Two, you're then left with a company that owns newspapers in like Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Newport News, and the various markets that you said. So, you, so then what? Then you then you have to find a buyer for that probably, or you end up as a much weaker company because you've sold your prized asset. Uh, so I would imagine the part of the reason Gannett wants Tribune is the L.A. Times. They don't just want the the, the lesser markets. So, you know, tri- Tribune is in an interesting spot here. So how this all plays out. Uh, isn't totally obvious to me, but I think you're on the right point there, Jerry, which is like the the ultimate answer will be who has the leverage here. Uh, And I think, you know, Gannett probably thinks it has the leverage and Tribune thinks it has the leverage. And when that happens, when both sides thinks it has leverage, uh, then there's not always a clear path forward. And what what may tip the leverage is if some of the shareholders for, for Tribune really start to get upset and demand a deal. Right. And I think, you know, also there's this broader context of just what's happened in the newspaper industry and some of these companies like, um, you know, a Tribune and a Gannett, they were both spun off uh, from their more lucrative broadcast assets. So now they're just pure newspaper companies uh, for the most part. And, you know, that's a tough road to go. Um, you know, for a while, for many years, they were, you know, packaged with, um, you know, some of these television stations, which make a lot more money and sort of, you know, disguised, uh, at least on a financial statement, some of the problems that they've, um, the newspaper industry is having. Now you're seeing more and more, um, you know, Tribune was spun off. So it's, you know, from Tribune Media, um, you know, News Corp was formerly with Fox. Now they're on their own. And, um, you know, News Corp didn't have a great quarter last uh, when they reported earnings last week either. So, you know, you've got a lot of these newspaper companies that are, you know, they don't have the benefit of being paired with television stations. And they're really just on their own. And, and you know, I think we're going to see more and more newspaper deals um, right. We already have seen more, actually, in last year. Last year, I think this was um, 2015 was a record year for newspaper consolidation. So, right, they're they're on their own to either merge or die. Is that right. what you're suggesting? So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, the, I guess the point is is that whether or not Gannett is uh, ends up acquiring uh, Tribune, certainly Gannett is has said pretty vocally that they're interested in doing a lot of consolidation. So this certainly isn't going to be the last deal that they do, whether this works out or not. And you know, Tribune, as you've said, is they've got their own challenges. Whether or not this whole strategic plan works out, um, you know, there's probably going to be more and more uh, newspaper deals going forward. See, so so the moral of the story here, Jerry, is that even if the newspaper industry is dying, if you are a newspaper investment banker or a CEO at a company where you can get a golden parachute for being taken out, it is boom times for you. This is the time to be in the game <laughs> because all these transactions need to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is. It, and it's, I mean, it's not... Um, 
the reasons why it's happening are not always like that cheery. I mean, it's, you know, you look at the print circulation and print advertising. Um, I mean, this is not new, but it's been declining uh, more and more. And the digital side of the business is just, for the most part, not making up for the decline in print. And, you know, what's happening is more and more cost cutting, more and more consolidation. Um, you know, it's, there's, a lot fewer newspaper companies than there were a few years ago. Uh, I mean, Gannett is, is the biggest, and they're certainly trying to get even bigger. Um, so I think, you know, in a few years, you could see just, you know, maybe a small handful of newspaper companies that are still around because the big guys are just it, buying up some of the smaller guys that are struggling more and more. In fact, I'll, I'll tell one quick anecdotal story here before we go. When I first joined Bloomberg as a reporter on the media team, this was about six years ago, so not even that long ago, maybe even five years ago, uh, there was a reporter, if he's listening, his name's Brett Pulley, uh, who used to be at Bloomberg, and his beat was the newspaper beat. Uh, so, so everything he covered were newspaper companies. And this was just five years ago. Now at Bloomberg, Jerry, you are our media reporter. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but maybe outside of the New York Times, we don't really cover newspapers at all. I mean, it, it just isn't it isn't a thing anymore because these companies are so small that other than an M and A deal like this, unless we're talking about mergers and acquisitions, uh, we don't focus on these newspaper companies because their market caps are almost all a billion dollars or less. So they just don't rise to the level uh, that investors really care about them. So in the span of five years, they went from an entire beat to even within the media beat not being covered. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, on the Bloomberg Terminal and look up how many analysts are covering Tribune Publishing or the New York Times or Gannett. I mean, there's, it's like four or five analysts. And then, you know, compare that to some of the big media companies like a Disney or a Comcast where there's, you know, more than 20. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Wall Street's interest in the newspaper industry has sort of mirrored uh, the decline of the newspaper industry. Um, I mean, we're talking about an $800 million deal right now, not even a billion dollar deal. Um, you know, there's really the other option for these newspaper companies is finding a billionaire owner. I mean, look at what Jeff Bezos did uh, with the Washington Post. Um, right. You know, John Henry bought the Boston Globe. I mean, there's the other, the, the sort of the two routes for the newspaper industry is one, you know, someone like Gannett going around and buying up a lot of these smaller newspaper chains, or you find a very rich person who wants to buy you sort of as, um, as a trophy and is willing to accept that you're not going to be able to make the 20, 30% profit margins that the newspaper industry did a decade ago. So just start saving up your money, Jerry, and then you can own a vanity newspaper. <laughs> Jerry Smith, Bloomberg Media Reporter, uh, talking about Gannett's hostile takeover effort of Tribune Publishing. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you. So that's it for this episode of Deal of the Week. Hope you enjoyed that. You can expect more Bloomberg reporters and M&A professionals who are doing deals real-time on the show. And until then, find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and Bloomberg.com, as well as on iTunes, Google Play, or any app you use to listen to podcasts and please take a minute to rate and review the show while you're there very interested to hear your comments and your feedback about what we do here also follow me on twitter at sherman 4949 and jerry smith is at jerry f smith see you next week
What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.